Welcome, welcome, welcome to Interesting Enough. He is Trey Samuel. I'm Nolan Todd. Of course, thank you guys so much for tuning in once again. All right. Please, if you haven't already, like and subscribe. Thank you guys for giving us input on all the content. We've got a good show coming up for you. Uh, before I get into it, Trey, what's, first of all, man, what's going on? How was your weekend? What, what's going on with you, man? Man, I'm doing good. Doing good. Just ready, you know, talk about a little bit about sports. See what's happening. Exactly. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. There's a bunch of things I want to talk about. Of course, we're always going to talk about all news, NFL, NBA. It's a couple of things that's been going on that we want to hit on. But first, I know we were talking about college football last week, Trey, when we came on. So I guess we should, you know, it'd be very appropriate to start off with who just won the Heisman Trophy Award. So obviously that ceremony was on Saturday, which I want to just be honest. I totally forgot the ceremony was on Saturday. I don't know if you're <laughs> normally like a Heisman Trophy winner like, I don't know if you normally watch the actual ceremony, but no. I actually, I do. I'm going to say, I do actually like the, it's one of the better ceremonies to watch. Like, it, cause they bring out all the Heisman trophy winners, you know, it's guys you grew up watching and this and that. I just think this year I felt not as interested just because of, I mean, we, it was kind of a foregone conclusion. Bryce Young from Alabama was going to win it. All the, it was kind of an underwhelming thing as opposed to some close races in years past, but any thoughts about Bryce Young winning it besides the, you know, besides the obvious, we probably knew he was. Any objections to it at all? Um, I didn't have any objections to it. Um, I know you and me, we did a part earlier this year. And I don't know if you remember your pick, but my pick was uh, Kate McNamara, the quarterback for Michigan. Yeah. And my reason behind that pick was I just thought that Michigan was going to have a really good year. So that was my reasoning for picking him. Obviously, you know, one part of that is true. They did have a good year, but uh, – he wasn't close to winning the Heisman. Right, right. Actually, well, the, the running that, back wasn't probably close to anything. Uh, Haskins, right? Because he had those five touchdown games or whatever. Yeah, he was he was the closest thing. Right. Um. So other than that, I mean, I didn't really have too much to say about it. Uh, let me give Bryce his props. He is a freshman. Oh, red so, you know, shirt. I mean, let's be fair. He was you know, the red shirt freshman, so he was the backup last year to Mac Jones. But yeah, you know, but I mean. First year, first he year didn't. full starter, put it that way. Yeah, he didn't play. Yeah, he didn't play at all. I mean, uh, yeah, he didn't play at all. So I, okay, I see what you're doing. I I, I get your point. Yeah, he's not because because when I think freshman, because who so Tebow wanted as a freshman, right? And then it was it. Um, am I missing somebody else who wanted? We're always no, no, no. Tebow didn't written because remember Tebow first year he didn't play. They had Chris Rick. So I'm not. Chris oh, Rick, that's but, right. Uh, yeah, whoever playing, Chris I can't Lee, think Chris his name. Chris Lee. Chris Lee, Chris Lee, that's correct. Yep, yeah. So, so there was somebody. I think wasn't Tebow. Somebody else was in the Heisman race as a freshman. I think it was like Adrian Peterson or something. Oh, that's what it was. Johnny Manziel. So Johnny Manziel oh, okay. was the first freshman to win it, and then of course Jameis won it again the next year. As a you're right, you're right. Jameis didn't win it, correct? So yeah. So I guess, and you're right. Tebow didn't win it. He was a sophomore. So yeah. So normally freshmen don't. So I think it's a big deal. But I will say this. Is it saying something big in terms of Alabama being able to recruit these quarterbacks? Because they weren't a school traditionally known to be able to recruit these quarterbacks. We talked, we touched a little bit on it last week with a lot of quarterbacks coming from the West Coast area. Hopefully the, the signing of Lincoln Riley USC will, you know, Bryce Young's a California kid. He may have not even been in Alabama. We don't know a lot of these quarterbacks. So it's so funny for an, a school like Alabama, for Trey, as we grew up, their dominance was literally actually everything else outside of the quarterback position, if I'm if we're being fair, right? It was just a dominant yeah, defense. Yeah, running back position. Yeah. Right. We had Mark Ingram, Trent Richardson, 
Derrick Henry, you name it, they had it. And then now you're you just rolled rattled off a string of uh, Mac Jones to a uh, Jalen Hurts and now Bryce Young and, and what three? Well, two of those. Well, two didn't win a Heisman, but he got hurt. He was basically a Heisman caliber guy. Mac Jones basically only didn't win the Heisman because he kept throwing to the same receiver who won it. <laughs> basically, yeah. and then Bryce Young actually won it, and Jalen Hurts had a Heisman caliber year as well too. And I think he was in the top four. He just didn't win it. So. That they're they're coming, you know, a lineage of quarterbacks the past couple of years. So, you know, now we're talking about recruiting. I mean, if you're a quarterback now, you would have never thought about Alabama as being a destination. If you're a five star guy, you got to at least think about Alabama now, right? Yeah, and um, that's the reason that they did become like I guess a quarterback school mm-hmm. is because Nick Saban, you know, he he likes to have a strong run game, a strong defensive game. But, I mean, that was just really going out of style because if I'm a top qu- quarterback, I'm not going to go out there just to hand the ball off to Trent Richardson. All right, day. right, right. That's not going to cut it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So Nick Saban had to, I guess, grow and change his philosophy. And in doing so, Alabama has just become a, a everything school as far as football. Right, 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 right. No, abs- I mean, absolutely. And, and to be fair, I did make one mistake. Though. The Jalen Hurst thing, he did have his career with Oklahoma. Forgot about that with uh, Lincoln Riley. So, but know, he was still a Nick Saban product. Yeah, but it was really when he cut off the dreads. That's what really changed. It. As soon as he cut <laughs> off the dreads, that's when he was good to go. Let's be honest, that's what it was. But hey, but he, still, you got another Alabama quarterback in the NFL. So, however it happened, you know what I'm saying. You know, you're producing great talent. But congratulations to Bryce Young, obviously having a big year. Um, I know we're going to be talking coming up um, for the bowl season after Selection Sunday. We'll talk about some of the games. Um, and, and things like that going forward. But I did want to talk a, a couple NBA topics since we were here. I know we always talk about the Lakers and things going on, but uh, the Heat got a big win last night. They played the Bulls. I'm not going to you know bore you with that. But I, w- I wanted to take a little bit of a deeper dive into a couple of these rookies, Trey. Is there any rookies that are standing out to you this year? Because I, I think initially I didn't know about this class this rookie class going forward, but I mean, it, the class is something that's looking, looking really, really good so far this year. And I know it's early. It's not even at the all-star break, but I'm kind of impressed when you talk about the Mobley's greens and even some of these guys going further down, but is there anybody standing out to you? I don't remember what our rookie of the year picks were, but you know, those are some guys I've been seeing stand out, you know, every other night in the league. Well, it's funny you say that because uh, me and Akeem, we were mm-hmm. talking last night <laughs> and I'm just going to say, I'm going to put this out there. Or we know we are Atlanta. If, Trey, if, if you say if you say he's going to be rookie of the year, if if you say no, 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 oh, no, no, okay, no. Okay, okay, okay. I'm not. Bring, I'm just bringing up a little funny conversation. Okay, okay. We didn't want Walk um, Wagner. Yeah. Well, like, we just we didn't understand why they drafted him, and all I was getting ready to say is he just ha- he just looked really good compared to what we were initially thinking. Mm-hmm. That's all I wanted to say. Okay. Cool. Thank you for bringing that up because this this is we should just renew another segment at this point. I'm 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 still waiting for my flowers. So I do want you to recall Trey when we had this pot. I compared. I don't remember if I did it on the pot to be fair, but I compared Franz Wagner to Boris Diaw, and I said that in the most respectful way of Boris Diaw. He was a ball mover. You know, he's a guy that has just overall a good skill set, can shoot the ball a little bit. It's a good passer, good IQ good position, positional defender, gets rebounds. He doesn't do anything bad on the basketball court. Now, I know when you're drafting a guy, what did you guys draft him, like sixth, right? When you draft a guy that high. No, we drafted Suss fifth, and I think we drafted him eighth, if I'm not mistaken. Eighth, okay. So you draft a guy in the top ten, and you're like, okay, you know, 
where we're just drafting guys can be a role player. But if you look back on it, if you get a guy in top 10 that's going to be a rotation player in this league, it's kind of hard to get guys like that. That's going to be a really good player. That's a good pick. And at the time, like I told you, Trey, where you guys are drafting, who would you have rather had at that point, right? Like that's that's the thing that you're looking at, right? Like that's going to be the thing that, you know, I'm looking at who else were you going to draft at that spot? I think they did a good – because everybody that I would have – if you were the Magic, anybody, and not to go deep down into the draft again, but if you were the Magic, anybody who else was after him, you would still take Wagner, even at that day. Like, even that day. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, and especially knowing now what I know. Well, especially knowing, but I'm saying even at that time, it's like, oh, I know Franz Wagner's not the, the sexy pick, but it's like, okay, well, you drafted Franz Wagner. Okay, you couldn't draft Davion Mitchell. I remember that being the one because you just drafted a guard. He was the only guy that you're like, okay, he would be the one, but you just drafted um, J- uh, Suggs. So all these other guys like Brute Knight and, and maybe maybe Duarte, but you have a bunch of guards. You know what I mean? Like that, I'm just spitballing a couple names. And even then, that's an older guard. So, I mean, you got to keep that in mind as well. It's an older guard, and you're talking about a Magic team that just, you know, you have Cole Anthony and and what's the other guys? RJ Hampton and then Suggs. I mean, how many guards are you going to do at this point? So Yeah, Markel Fultz. I mean, Fultz, it's, it's a, yeah. Right. So, you know what I mean? That, that's that been really impressive. But, I mean, even all these guys, Trey, I mean, Cunningham's looked good as of late. You know, Green and those guys, they've had a win streak. Mobley. I mean, they've got the Twin Towers out there in Cleveland. You know what I'm saying? With him and, and Jared Allen, they look good. Scotty Barnes. even Scotty Barnes is the one that's really impressed me. Yeah, really, Scott. Yeah, Scotty Barnes has been really, really good, too. Got, I, even Giddy from, I mean, nobody's watching OKC basketball. I'm going to be honest. I've watched maybe like one, one and a half games all year. I'm going to just be like full disclosure. But he's even looked pretty good. So, and see, yeah. Giddy, Giddy has looked good, but at the same time, Giddy has some like qualities where I'm just like, oh, you're not that athletic. You're not really able to blow past guys. So he just has some things that kind of concern me too. But he's looked good. Yeah. No, he's looked good for the most part. I mean, a lot of these guys, Davion Mitchell's just hopped in and, and again, I know you're not tuning in the Sacramento Kings games, but he's he's hopped Definitely in not. right away. Yeah, he's hopped in right away. Oh, speaking of Kings games, did you see Fox the two free throws? Did you see that? Was that oh yeah, night? blew him. Oh my goodness. Hey, hold up. Did he get on this? What's going on with Fox? Because he like he just kind of fell off. Mm. I don't know what his numbers have been like this year, but I think he's got to be moved. I mean, I think maybe that's not like breaking news, but he's got to be moved. I, I think he's got to be moved this year because if you're the Kings, let's be honest. I'm going to just call it what it is. I like Tyrese Halliburton with the ball, and I know he can play off the ball, but I think he's got a little bit more than what he's shown, and you can't have Fox there. And and Fox is a is an excellent player. I'm not like the guy that just move an excellent player just to move an excellent player. But what are you going to do with him, Mitchell, and and uh, Halliburton if you're the Kings? Like, what? There's nothing. I mean, well, you got Marvin Bagley. Marvin Bagley just said he didn't want to come into a basketball game last week when he was getting checked in. So I mean, what? It, but I mean, he's starting to do a little bit better under Alvin Gentry. But I mean, still, well, Marvin Bagley. Yeah. Okay, but I mean. At the end of the day, we've been talking about this a lot. If I'm Philly, I mean, you got to go try to get Fox, right? <sighs> but but how good? And I guess the question would be: See, th- how this is my thing. Does it make you? Because I think he's clearly an upgrade over Tyrese Maxey, and I like Tyrese Maxey. Is Fox better than McCollum though? Because I'm not really sure about that. And even when I look at mm. potential, I'm not really sure that I would ever consider Fox to be better than McCollum. I think they could be equals. I think potential-wise, Fox can be better than McCollum because what Fox can do on both ends of the floor with his quickness defensively, that's going to make a difference. And now he's not the shooter that McCollum is, so you are losing him with that, but it's not like he's 
I mean, heck, for sake of the example. See, but I like want a person with a better offense because you're talking about defense, but at the end of the day, we already have Matisse Thibault and then Joel Embiid um, in the paint. Like, I really don't care about, you know. But you got deep. Curry. You got Curry space before. You're good. Oh, but the, you know what? They may have to give up Curry in a deal, though. You're right. So, you know, you, you may have to give up Curry in a deal, but are you really taking – that's interesting because I think on paper, if, if we put out a poll – most people, if I'm going to say Fox and McCollum in a vacuum, they're just going to say Fox, right? Like, I mean, just in general. But I think that's just because they, oh, Fox is younger. But I don't really think they're going to look at the numbers and be like, right? oh, I think Fox is, you know, significantly better than McCollum or is better. I don't think they would say that then. So, I mean, what does Fox do better than McCollum, right? I mean, he's a better defender. Probably getting into the paint. Better playmaker? He's asked to playmate. See... Mm, yeah, you're right. That See, that's where it gets tough because he's yeah. asked to be a playmaker. McCullough's not. You're right. So we, we've actually never known, like, hey, come run an offense, McCullough. Yeah. Like, let's see what that, like, let's see what that looks like. Because no one's saying he probably can't do it. I don't know. That's, like, interesting. That's actually – I've never thought about that, but you're right because how much – if you're Philly, how much better does that make you? Because that's all this comes down to, right? We talked about this with them, with the championship window. This is all what that comes down to at the end of the day. And see, my thing with Philly is, at the end of the day, Joel Embiid is already an injury-prone star. We know that. He's not getting any younger. Do you really just want to throw away a season and not do anything, like just have Ben Simmons not play at all? So I know McCollum's not the the biggest fish that you could possibly get. I know they want to get somebody like Damian Lillard or Tatum, if possible. You know, somebody of a higher stature. Tatum. But at the end of the day. I'm, are you going to throw away a season? That, that's all I'm asking. Okay, so here's my thing with the Philly thing. And I, I know we've talked about it a little bit before. There's just not that many guys available. That's the problem. So we've talked about the Damian Lillard thing. You're not getting Damian Lillard. Sorry, Philly. I just hate to break it to you. You're not getting Damian Lillard. You'd have to give up a haul to give up Damian Lillard. But if you want to go for it, go for it. Damian Lillard said he wants to stay there, so we'll see how that goes. Obviously, if Damian Lillard gets traded to Philly tomorrow, that means he had to co-sign on it because – They've been working. He's been in cahoots with the organization. Who else is available, Trey? Like, if we're just being honest with ourselves, there's not. See, really I don't. Guys. I don't know anybody else that's available at this point. Yeah, like there's really not that many guys. Like Fox is a guy named we thrown out, right? You know, maybe Lillard if he gets unhappy. You know, outside chance. We'll see when everything goes like Kyrie. But you'd have to wait till at least the end of the year for that. But see, then even Kyrie, you need to talk to Kyrie first because you need to be like, okay, if we trade for you, are you seriously going to retire? Or are you going to play? Well, no. So it's a legitimate question. So I think you'd have to address that at the end of the year because one, what a guy is saying right now and a guy says at the end of the year after he just missed a whole basketball season could be two completely different things, right? And then two, if you're the the Nets, the Nets can't trade Kyrie without the blessing of Kevin Durant. Like that's just what that's going to have to be because he's the reason. Well, see, I don't think Kevin Durant would even care anymore because it's Kyrie's not even out there. It'd be one thing if he was just playing but, but home it's the relationship. games and it's not playing away games or something like that. But it's a relationship thing, though. Kyrie, the reason Kevin Durant is there is because of Kyrie Irving. It's not is like he's been talking to Kyrie right now. Well, I mean, of, co- of course we wouldn't know, right? Like that's the thing we wouldn't know. Here, here's what I can definitively say: When Kyrie Irving doesn't play for the rest of the season, this squad, that squad of James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving will not be back. And and and, and here I'll go a step further: the only one of those that will be back is Kevin Durant. It, it it's going to be Kevin Durant and one of those guys. It's going to be Kevin Durant and Harden or Kevin Durant and Kyrie. They're not coming back. Because if, you, if you're James Harden, you're like, yo, I gave up all the numbers and the all-NBA things and the MVP votes because I'm like, yo, listen, 
let's get the, I got to get a championship for my resume so I can pass the D Wades and some of these other guys as some of these great players and really start making a real, real name. And I sacrificed this and this guy didn't even show up. I might as well but, go play somewhere else, be the man. My numbers, so my numbers can be where they are again to be the best player on a, on a, at least a contender. There's no point in James Harden being here if, if, if it's not that case. So if you're James Harden, you're kind of salty in that way. And, I, and I'm, I'm not, I mean, James Harden and Kyrie from all we know are cool, but from what we know, the, the relationship between KD and Kyrie is the close relationship there. It's not really the James Harden Kyrie thing, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? See, but if I had to say something, I, I would say this James Harden, as far as I'm concerned, hasn't really looked the same this year as he I mean, did in the free throw seasons. Well, I mean, again, so we got a couple things have happened here. We know the hamstring thing. He didn't get to play five on five. James Harden's one of those guys that plays himself into shape generally. And then also with the hamstring thing too. Two, the rule changes and those things have happened. I do, I do think James Harden will come back to life and we've seen some spurts of it already. You know, he has some games, yes. However, I don't think of, I don't know if we'll ever see the, the numbers and the 36 points a game and that thing again that we saw in Houston. I just think with age and stuff like that too, that just may not be his thing. But can he still be 28, seven and seven? Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think that's plausible for James Harden. He's almost 32 years old, right? I mean, it's not like, you know, I just think it's a different scenario. He's asked to do more. He's basically just the point guard there. And I know people are going to be like, yeah, he played point guard in Houston. But, like, I don't know. It just – it feels – I don't know if you – maybe you answered it, but just, it feels different. Like, he was playing point guards in both situations, but it just feels different to me in, in, in Brooklyn. Well, let me say one other thing, too. And it's kind of – you mentioned it earlier. It's not about James Harden, but about playing your – playing yourself into shape why is that such a such a big thing right now because like you see luca trying to do it you hear about zion not being anywhere near in shape like mm. why you're you're paid to be in shape am i correct on that correct but here's the, i will say the difference with the james harden thing is james harden has earned the right to play himself into shape because why uh, okay easy up until last year he had not had a major injury. He was the only star in a, in a league of stars that were doing load management or uh, am I saying that right? Yeah. Load management. He was the only star that wasn't doing that playing every night, putting up big numbers and not complaining right or wrong. Well, right? Hold on. Now LeBron hadn't load managed in a while. So don't start that. Don't do that. He had LeBron. Ain't, LeBron. If you want to be honest, LeBron ain't load managed since he was in Miami. Okay. LeBron has load managed though. James Harden just has never. That's what I'm saying. In a, in a league, he just well, okay, never but wanna, Okay, um, okay. Go ahead. That, that's my thing. So, but I'm saying, I'm just saying to make the point, he he's earned the right because he would show up every night and play and, and not be injured and do things like that. Well, Zion's, first of all, a whole different case, which we can get to in a second, and like we always do. But the Luca thing is, hey, man, you haven't really accomplished anything yet to be like, I mean, yeah, you've been a great player, made some all-star teams. He's accomplished just as much as James Harden. That's Trey. James Harden and, and Luka Doncic, their resume is the same? Other than the MVP, yeah. Other than the – oh, yeah, that's that small little thing. But but hold on. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Hold on. Come on, yeah. Maybe, it's maybe not like they say Luka's never been in the MVP race. I mean, it's not like – No. I'm but... talking about like Kemba Walker, somebody that's never even sniffed the MVP race. Luka's been in the MVP race. James Harden has, has finished in the top – Okay, let – I can't believe we're actually doing this. James Harden has finished in the top two of MVP voting. Like, not in like, in like, it was like four years in a row that he finished that. He actually only won one of them. 
Luca hasn't even finished in maybe the top five once. James Harden, we're talking about a guy that, first of all, just been in the league longer, right? Like, so you're talking about, what, eight, nine yeah. all-star, probably five or six first-team All-NBAs. Remember, he's got the sixth man of the year. He's won a scoring title three times. I mean, the resume just speaks for himself. I mean, he's a 20,000-point scorer. He's a top 75 player to ever play the game. DeLuca is none of those. Luca's also never been at the first round. Say what you want about James Harden. He's been to the conference finals. He's been on some really great teams that almost has been there. Luca's not – as much as you say about Luca, he ain't gonna, he still can't beat those guys in, in L.A. and get out the first round. So he hasn't accomplished enough yet. Now, we know the potential of Luca. But in general, he just hasn't been there yet. So he's got to keep the weight and stuff in general. We've talked about not his weight as much, but just, you know, playing in shape. And, I, you know, we've got some questions about what they're doing in Dallas in general, getting him help. But, you know, that's going to be the situation with Luca. But, you know, it's, I think it's more of a situation of getting him help. I'm not really worried too much about Luca in terms of the weight because whatever way he's played at, he's playing well. Now, the Zion situation is a whole different thing because now he's not playing. Of course, Trey. We know that – what did we just hear the other day? That the foot thing, he's actually out indefinitely. I guess what's the report? He's out yeah, indefinitely? He's, he, he's regressed. Yeah, so he's out indefinitely now. Okay, because – well, I don't want to make a, a weight joke for him. But what I will say is, based on the pictures, I think we could have all guessed that that was going to happen. And it's funny – it's not funny about his situation, but we, you and I have talked about Zion you know, a lot, basically. And I feel like we, yes. I feel like we were kind of ahead of this in a way. Because you were talking about, hey, maybe not paying this guy, what? I would a couple months ago. A couple months ago, you brought it up to me. So, which means maybe you could have thought about it even before that, right? So it's like I'm still on the train of you got to pay him. I don't care if he goes to 400 pounds. Like that doesn't. Well, like, you got to pay him. Hear me out, real quick. Okay. If you're gonna pay him, you need to do the Joel and B kind of thing, where you have a whole bunch of restrictions in there. If you hurt your lower extremity, if you hurt your ankle, you know this and the third. You lose 25 to 30% of your salary. It needs to be a whole bunch of restrictions in that contract. Okay, so I, the restrictions word is hard. I think what you mean to say is the incentives. Like, because it's kind of hard to be like, you got to do this. in order Because the guys are not getting hurt on purpose, right? But the, the difference... And I'm not saying he's getting hurt on purpose. But what I'm saying is you might end up paying him for $200 million and he sit out the next four years and only play like 50 games all in all. That's true. But what I will say is the difference between him and... I mean, because even Embiid had played enough games where you knew this is what it is. I mean, Zion just has yeah. enough where, you know what I mean? It's one of those things. And the Joel Embiid and he's up to, for that contract this summer, and now Zion is. Right. And so we'll get our answer. So, And the thing about the Embiid thing is Embiid came into the league with that injury, right? So he already had to sit out, and then there was the yeah. maybe the weight questions afterwards because you're like, man, you're getting hurt a lot. Zion didn't really come in with an injury. It just felt – it feels like as his weight has ballooned, there's been more injuries. That's what, not saying that's what it's been. It just on the outside looking in, that's just what it feels like. Now, I know he got injured a couple times at Duke, but I'm just saying in general, you know what I mean? Like, that's what this kind of feels like. And then you see these pictures and this and that. And, you know, pictures, you know, or so, you know, whatever, right? I mean, it could show a lot of different things. But at the end of the day, when you're hearing, hey, there's reports that I don't like to eat whole pizzas and drink soda, I'm not saying don't live your best life, but. You know, you're just hiring a trainer, and I, I, I told you the other day. See, and that's another issue I have. You just hiring a trainer. Hey, man. I, I, I don't know because there's no way that there's no one in Zion's life that has mentioned him about his weight, right? I mean, maybe, maybe. I mean, if you're around a whole bunch of yes men, right? Like you know, athletes talk about that. You, we don't know. 
I just think it's unfortunate he went to the worst city to have some weight issues with. I mean, New Orleans, I mean, the food there is ridiculous. So, I mean, it's going to be hard. But I'm just being <laughs> I honest. I see my issue, too. I just want to say this real quick. I think the reason so many people are kind of just having this taste of this Zion situation is just because he has so much potential. Yeah. I mean, people were comparing him. and not It wasn't right, but they were comparing him to LeBron. You know, he was a uh, Kobe coming in, somebody with a lot of hype. And those two guys in particular, they took care of themselves. They stayed in shape. And it just kind of sucks. It's like it's not like it's not even like a Greg Oden situation where it's just like you, get oh, man, you just have a bad leg and it's just unfortunate. It's just like, dude, you're not even in shape. And and again, I've like I said, I've given him some of the benefit of the doubt just because you're having lower extremity injuries, it's kind of hard to condition that way. But I get but I get it what is. you're saying. I get what you're saying. Yeah, you can still control your way with eating and stuff like that. And, and sure, if things he knows, none of it's going to change unless he wants it to change. Like, that's what it's going to be. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying that even if he loses 30 pounds that he's just never going to get injured. Like, that. I mean, stuff happens. So, you know, that's going to be something interesting to see. I think they still got to pay him. I think they are no matter what. I um, think they are too, but I just think I would just – I would make that contract say a whole bunch of things to protect myself. But – at the end of the day, and just to put a bow on this, numbers-wise, whatever the scale of the max is, he's got to get that max. Yes or no? Like if the, if the, yeah, if the like I said, I'm just having a whole bunch of protections in it, but yeah. Okay, so he's still getting it no matter what. What if it, what if I'll play devil's advocate if Zion's like – because part of that rookie scale is like part of that is guaranteed. So you're just saying you want to do that number, just not with all the guarantees. Correct. Mm. Now that's a situation where you could lose a guy. See, and that, that that's the that's the that's the crazy part is you could lose them. But you can't though. If you're if you're the Pelicans, you cannot. No one watches. But Pelicans see, my thing is too. I don't think I could lose them because I'm like this. Zion, are you really really just gonna take like four million for that next year and betting yourself so you can go to free no, agency? He's not doing that. He, he's not doing that. So that's what I'm saying. So you could put some pressure on him too. Now the issue is no, 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 there's no once pressure. He signs there's that no contract. Pressure. He's gonna get he's gonna get that same contract somebody else if, somewhere else if you don't do it. Uh, you, man, you and I both. Go, Trey, there's thirty teams in the league. You and I both. Hear, hear me out. Hear me out, Nolan. He might come again that next year and hurt himself, and then what? It doesn't matter. He's, he's that, get that good. same contract. That, it doesn't matter. You and I both know he's that good. A GM will take that risk. Multiple GMs will take that risk for Zion Williamson, even if he plays half a year. You you have to, from because from what you've already seen when he is on the court. There's nothing to show you. I mean, when you talk about the whatever raw numbers you want to put up, whatever the advanced stats per 36 minutes, whatever it is, this guy's scoring 20 points in his sleep without trying. I mean, it's just like it's not it's not even hard. Guys are backing up, forcing him to shoot. He still drives right at you. He still gets to the same left hand that everyone knows he only uses his left hand. So, I mean, even if he's not finishing above the rim and dunking on people, he's still finishing. So, I don't know. And, he, and he's skilled and stuff like that, too. I, I think teams are going to take the risk. I mean, Trey, I mean, this is a good example. You're a Magic fan. You tell me you wouldn't want the Magic to take that risk. Mm, no. Trey, the Magic. No, no, no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hit me out. Zion has probably played maybe 60 games in three seasons. Okay. Like, that's just, that's just a big deal to me. That's why I wouldn't want him to take that risk. Because then it's... What else do the Magic have no, going man. on? With all due respect, if you're a team like that, you can't. You, you got to take the risk on a Zion. What? This is 
What are you I doing? guess, but then it's, it's just common sense can kind of dictate. You know, we might end up paying this guy two hundred million dollars, and he, him never really playing for us. And that's just dead money in the salary cap now. You got some, you got some tickets to sell, man. I mean, I'm just sorry. Like, I'm not. I'm, I'm sure the Amway's not selling out these days. You you got there's th- there's things that the the owners and GMs are thinking about too, right? Outside of that, so you know to be fair. But anyway, we we talk about Zion so much, but around the league, man, I just did want to mention because we, we hadn't really talked. The Suns had that big winning streak. Obviously, you know Curry's been on fire. Anything that's been standing out to you in general? Uh, I guess I I want to say like just how well the um, Golden State Warriors are playing. I don't know if I want to say standing out, but I'm just surprised about how well they're playing out. I mean, this is pretty much the same team from last year, in my opinion. Uh, but they just seem to be gelling a lot better. I guess you just you know another year under the, um, under their belt as far as experience goes, playing together. Right. But I really didn't expect them to only have four losses at this point of the season. They had the best record in the NBA. They have Steph Curry, who right now I think would probably be the unanimous MVP if we had to pick right now. Mm-hmm. And they look like the only team that's getting close to them as far as firepower is the Phoenix Suns who were in the NBA Finals last year and I just wasn't really expecting to say that for the Warriors. Now again like I stated last week I am kind of curious to see how they reintroduce Clay Thompson into the mix. I think once they do that you know they probably will lose a couple games you know just trying to get him used to things. The flow of the offense obviously is going to change. You know some people are going to lose less minute less touches so I think they will probably hit a little bit of a skid but um, other than that I'm just really surprised by the uh, Warriors. Yeah, I think the Phoenix Suns, I wanted to touch on that. A lot of people were, you know, calling that a little bit of a fluke and stuff like that. They're for real. And DeAndre didn't get paid. He's mad about it. Chris Paul's playing well. I don't know if Devin Booker's back healthy, but that'd probably be the only thing I'd be concerned about. But when I look at them, and we've talked about it before, the Lakers are not getting a top three seed. Like, that's over. Oh, no. Like, to that the, the Lakers are not winning the NBA championship. I, I hate to break it to people. They're not winning the championship. And if I haven't said it before, I'm saying it now. Because you're not winning the championship. You're not coming out of the West if you're not a top four seed. And See, the only reason I'm not going to say that because I'm not, I'm not betting because LeBron, but I agree with you. I agree with the sentiment. So here, here's what I say. The Lakers, the only chance you want you can get out the West is if you're a top three seed in the West. The, you're not, they're not going to be one and two because the Suns and Warriors, however it plays out, they're probably going to be one and two. And then now you got to beat out the Jazz. You got to see what the Clippers are doing, and maybe I don't know, maybe Denver. I know, I know, Memphis looks really good so far, but I don't really expect them to be that high, of course. And of course, they've been missing John Morant. So, if the Lakers don't do that, they're not getting out the West. Even if they do that, they're still not a guarantee to get out the West because, as we've talked about, the spacing with the Russell Westbrook thing, and, and these guys, you know, and I think Frank Vogel, you know, you've heard some rumors about him. He may be the guy that may have to be the casualty in all this just because you know that's not right no it's not right but at the same time it's just going to be so hard to coach these guys to a point where a lot of these guys are playing want to play bigger roles and do these things and some of these guys are going to have to not only just not get some minutes maybe get some dnps because they just don't fit lineup in the lineup and the closing lineup and look let's call it what it is trey at the end of the day in a closing lineup, Russell Westbrook is going to be in the closing lineup in a Lakers five, and he probably should not. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Like, that's just the reality. Like, that's just the reality of the situation. Like, your best closing lineup probably should center around something around LeBron and Anthony Davis, and I sense some shooting. 
that, I think that, you that's could put him in the closing line. I wouldn't go that far, but I would just say he probably doesn't need to have the ball in his hands. But he's still dynamic enough athletically where I don't mind having him in the closing lineup. I just don't want the ball in his hands. But the thing about having Westbrook in the closing lineup, and I and I and I like Russell Westbrook, you can't not have the ball with him in his hands because he's just an awful shooter. That he's not going to be spacing the floor. Okay, he may try to cut every once in a while. That's it. And then I know you've seen what he's been doing on defense, Trey. I mean, the lack of caves, the lack of days to go defense by him, just not picking up simple defensive coverages, is just like, I mean, it's just ridiculous. And I. And again, some of that stuff he has been doing, I know it's been noted by some other guys, um, like Priscilla and those guys. He has been doing that throughout his career. So, I mean, it's not like something that's new. But at the end of the day, a LeBron lineup, and you, you're the LeBron expert in this, in this, in this, on this podcast, the best LeBron lineup is having LeBron, the second best player, whether it's Kyrie, D-Wade, in this case, Anthony Davis. And then you just put a bunch of shooters. Put the Mello, put the Malik Monk, and throw in whatever. Okay, but hold on, hold on, hold on, time out. I'm going to give you some credit. They are shooters, you name it, but Melo and Malik Monk aren't playing any defense either. They're giving you shooting. That's my point. Yeah, they are. That's so why I said I gave you credit for that. They're doing something. like So if you're not going to be playing defense, at least be like that. Melo's knocking. I mean, he's he's you know he's shooting crazy this year. Malik Monk's doing Malik Monk. I know Kendrick Nunn can shoot too when he's, whenever he comes back. Um, and, and I'm probably missing a couple guys that the Lakers have, of course, but you know, they, the, the DeAndre Jordan thing and Bradley, a lot of these guys are unplayable in these situations. So that's going to be the only chance because I don't really see. And, and then the, also the caveat too here, I know we've talked about a lot of injuries in this podcast. It's probably the, exam, the, the, the title at this point. The Anthony Davis situation, you're just not going to know what's going to happen health-wise. And, and see, that's first of all, he hasn't been playing well either. Okay, everyone's saying he hasn't been playing well, but if you look at the numbers, he's still like 24 and 10. I know his numbers like... still a little out of there. I'm talking about when you watch your eye test. Oh, okay, yeah. I mean, I guess if you watch it, yeah, in that respect. And he's shooting like 19% from three, so I mean, that's still something. Yeah, he's not shooting the ball well this year. And again, he's just a guy that's always going to have the injury bug thing attached to him, whether he's actually healthy or not. And, you know, we, we were talking about last pod about LeBron finishing the season healthy because he's had some McDank injuries. How it's crazy how you're just a lot more confident in a 36, 37 year old LeBron James than you are in a what 28 year old Anthony Davis. But see, that's going to be my point. LeBron James, I think in two weeks, turns 37. Why is he still um, expected to carry this load? Because unfortunately, I hate to compare him to this, but it's kind of reminiscent of Kobe Bryant, the late great Kobe Bryant, mm-hmm. carrying this heavy load, you know, long into, I mean, way late into his career. And poops that goes to Achilles or something else. Right. I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not. I'm not wishing that for LeBron, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if something like that happens because he's like, he's playing the most minutes he's played since 2018. Most minutes per game since 2018. Uh, why is that a thing when you're 37 years old? And he's tired, and you can tell he's tired because he's shooting more. Th- he's shooting like eight threes a game. It's like the most in his yeah, career. Yeah, threes a game. Shooting less free throws than he, than he ever he's does. Tired. Yeah, he's only attempted was like four, maybe four free throws a game. That's like super. That's like a career low for LeBron. I mean, so it's gonna be. I mean, I'm not even mad about it. But why is he respected to do all that? I think the goal was well. We know what the goal was at this point. Anthony Davis was supposed to take over the reins and be the best player on the team, and then LeBron just kind of getting where you fit in, kind of thing. And I think in LeBron, he hasn't been close to taking over the reins. Correct. You're right, and and that's the problem. And I just don't know if that's something that could be fixed this year. And I just think with that being said, I don't think the Lakers are going to come out the, the West. But 
obviously it's going to be something that we're going to follow throughout the entire year, but I'm excited to see. It's been, it's been some good games, obviously, overall. I, I definitely like seeing Memphis and a couple teams playing well. The Heat got some injuries, of course, that we got to deal with, but we're still hanging on in fourth and, and in fourth place, but we got the big one against the Bucks, so I was I was happy about that. It, hey, and Duncan Robinson had a good game last night against Chicago. I know. Oh, my gosh. It's been it's been tough lately. It's been tough lately for him, but that's why they got Struis with some of those other guys because – and I think he knows it too. So I'm glad that he had a big game. Um, so, you know, I'm, that's something that I actually am keeping an eye on too, because especially with Jimmy Butler and those guys out and Bam too, that kind of hurts us. So, um, yeah, y'all need Tyler Hero to kind of, you know, yeah, take it Tyler back up Hero. a little bit. Yeah. But you see, it makes a difference when you have that and Butler and them guys in there and Bam, man. I mean, now the defense could just focus on those guys. So, you know, it makes it, makes it even tougher. But, you know, we'll, obviously we'll keep tabs on it. We'll see Curry. I guess we'll, are you thinking Curry breaks the record next game, or you you said he may be out though? Because you know the back to back. Yeah, he game. might be out. So he, what they're speculating that he's probably going to sit out Monday when they play Indiana, and then whoever they play Tuesday, he's probably who um he's going to play in that game. And either way, by the time we drop the next pod, as good as he is, he's going to have already broken the record, and we'll be celebrating, and then we'll be probably probably giving you a list of the top five shooters ever ever known a man at that point with him being at the top of the list. He's top, oh yeah, but at this point, not too. At this point, I'm not even worried about Curry breaking a record. I'm just wondering if Curry's going to win another championship this year. That's how I'm looking at it. You know, the last yeah. couple of years, this has been kind of like throw throwaway seasons. But this year is like, oh, no, you have to try to actually win it all. Yeah, they do. And Clay should be coming back, what, around Christmas time, maybe afterwards? Yeah, around is, Christmas, they're hoping. He should He's playing five on five right now. I was going to say, you know what he should do? He should come back. Chris, what if we came back Christmas Day game? What, actually, I don't know if I'd want that. Too much be. pressure. Not the first game, right? Not the first game. Yeah, yeah, not the first. But I, I'd want to see him play on Christmas, so maybe they could sneak him in a couple of games before, a game or two before, and like maybe second or third game be Christmas Day. That'd be so cool. That'd be so cool to see Clay back in the league. But um, anyhow, man, what I do want to talk about is a couple NFL things that have been happening. First of all, Trey, I did want to hate to be this guy, even though I, I don't really hate to be this guy. I'm being fair. You had mentioned that the Kansas City Chiefs would not make the playoffs. Couple pods back when they did I mention that you did mention that because we, we talked about it I, now. Now again, I did kind of like throw you the lob. I did set you up with that question because they were struggling at the time. I might have just like bit bit on that and kind of yeah. Now they want six straight, huh? Yeah, now they <laughs> yeah now they just want <laughs> straight. Not not only that, they beat the Raiders today as they're recording this. They beat them earlier today, and the Raiders are on midfield um, before the game. And then next thing you know, you blinked and it was thirty five to zero. So. Um, so the, the Chiefs have been looking good, and the Patriots have been looking good. What I really wanted to ask is, in, a, in an AFC, right, that's just all these yeah. excellent teams, who is really separating themselves from the pack here, if any? Because when I look at the AFC, like the NFC to me is a little clear, right? Like, you know, you okay, the Cowboys, right? You got the Cardinals, Packers, and then everybody else, and the Bucks, sorry, and then everybody else just kind of fits in after those four, right? Like, and then you kind of just do it. The AFC, like Trey, every single week, I'm like, yeah, this is the best team in the AFC. No, this is the best and team. Nobody. In the AFC. And I'm like, I have said it. Who is it? You know I've what I'm said it about the Patriots. I've said it about the Chiefs. I've said it about the Ravens. I've I said, said the Bills the before. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. Bills. Like, I'm, I'm done. I, don't, I actually have no idea who the, the and, and you know what? I will say this. I think the AFC playoffs in that respect should be so much more fun because, like, you're going to get teams like, you're going to get like an AFC North battle of like, the Ravens and the Bengals or something in the in, in a well, in a, see, in a game. 
the Ravens need Lamar to come back, so let's hold off on saying the Ravens. Right, he just got hurt today, and of course we wish him well. Yeah, hopefully it's not a big because if he's out for any and uh, any um extended period, that that's that's a wrap for them. I mean, they already have so many injuries. I will say, I this, don't though, think they're going to make any noise. Hun- Hunley at least plays similar enough that they can get by for a couple of games, and if they could just if, yeah. they, if he misses two games, and they can split one of the two, you live with that. Like, you know what I'm saying? You live yeah, with Yeah, because his style, like you said, that's a great point. It's similar enough to Lamar. But the but the thing with the Ravens, though, the defense has been poor. It's not been the Ravens' defense that we're accustomed to, and I know Marlon Humphrey. But they're missing so many people, though, yeah. too, now. And you know and what? I don't want to keep – I don't want to keep – like, I'm, I'm making excuses, but once you start going to that second and maybe even a third string, it's kind of what you expect. You know what I mean? Well, they ran out of corners the other day in the Steelers game last week. That's why they went – that's why they said – Harbaugh said they went for it on – so two point conversion win again. There's like, yeah, because we had to get out of here. We didn't have any more corners. Like, they didn't even have anybody to play. They couldn't even go into overtime. Oh, and speaking of speaking of the Ra- oh, actually, I'll let you comment that before I even get to the Steelers. Oh no no no! I was just gonna kind of go off uh, and say that as far as the other day, I want to get the Patriots some respect too. As far as Bill Belichick only throwing the ball three times. Yeah. Well, and I do want to say this. I do want to say this about that. It is a bit of misconception because people were like. Oh, they ran the ball so well, this and that, and they did. But they only won 14-11. They had a lot of three and outs in that game. It wasn't like they were just – because I think it is interesting. I'm not saying that they don't trust Mac Jones, but they didn't convert a lot of third downs and had to punt the ball a lot. And if and if the Bills – what, Josh Allen missed that one throw late in the game? We're talking about a couple throws here. They could have won that game. And it's like, man, you only let the guy throw the ball three times. But at the end of the day, it looks good because they got the win. But imagine if they didn't win. And then you would look back and be like, well, there was a lot of third and eights that you ran the ball and decided to punt. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and they, I think it says more confidence. And basically, I'm saying I think it says more confidence in what the Patriots are doing defensively than it does offensively, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, no, no. And I agree with you on that. Their defense is just, it's stout. I don't yeah. know another word for it. Um, but to that credit as well, still, the Bills, you know, like you said, mm-hmm. they need to connect no more throws, but Josh Allen, you got paid what two hundred million, and you're supposed yeah. to have a big arm, and that's the reason they got you because you remember, oh, he has a strong arm, which he does. I'm not knocking him, and he could throw in the um cold in the windy weather. Josh Allen, I told you, is my second favorite player in the NFL behind Lamar, but still, he's coming short a lot. That's all I'm saying. And and you know what? There's a lot of things to say about the physical attributes and stuff like that, but that's kind of when you'd want to see him produce in that late drive, right? To go win that yeah. game at home on Monday night. That's kind of those situations where you want to see happen. And again, excellent player. He'll probably do it at some point. I'm sure he's had a couple game winning drives in his career already, but that was one of those situations where you'd like to see. But I do just want to real quick go on the AFC. I got to talk about Chase Claypool, Trey. And you and I talked about this off air. What is Chase Claypool thinking? And just, I just want to fill people in real quick before you comment on it. He's not thinking. (laughs) Before you comment, Chase Claypool, if you haven't seen the clip already, fourth and one. Catches the ball, celebrates the first down. The ball gets knocked around. They waste about 20 seconds. They didn't have any timeouts. And essentially, not going to say that that lost them the game, but it, it ripped off a huge opportunity that they could have had. So what is Chase Claypool thinking? I, I just, I don't know. You said he's not thinking. What, what do you even do here if you're Mike Tomlin? Like, what, do you suspend somebody for like that? Because I think what really hurts for me is the comments after the game, and you and I have talked about that. So, you know, that that's well, really, you know. First of all, his comments, he's lacking any kind of accountability for what happened. So uh, that just kind of puts me off to begin with. Mm-hmm. But as far as Mike Tomlin goes, I guess you could suspend him. But, I mean, right now your team is in the playoff hunt. I get, 
I don't want to say the, yeah, the playoff hunt. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, bare, they're at, the, at the bottom of not being in the playoffs, but they still have a chance, a slight marginal chance. Yeah, like mathematically, they're still alive. Yeah. So I guess you kind of need him. But what I say is just like this summer, get rid of him. Like, cut your hands. So here's the thing. Just cut all ties. The, the Chase Gable thing hurts because it's like he's their most physically imposing receiver. And I just want to be fair. He did make a big, huge catch on that. Not just the fourth down. Remember, he mossed that guy earlier in the same drive. So, yeah. You know, he did is the, one of the reasons that you're there. So he does make plays like that that you need him. Here's what I'm here's the thing what I'm not understanding with Chase Claypool, which is so frustrating. It's not him making the mistake, the selfish mistake. It's the not owning it after the game. For you to go up there and be in the press conference and say, Well, what actually happened was I did my and this is his quote, Trey. I did my little first down thingy. My little first down thingy in terms of the celebration. And then I looked around and the ref was not there. That was the second thing he said, Trey. Third thing he said was then my teammate tried to get the ball from me and the ball got knocked away. And that's why the time got knocked out of bounds. First of all, just want to mention a couple things. First of all, the ref is obligated to come get the ball from you, Trey. But you know what he's not obligated to do? Do it as fast as he wants to. That's his choice. The ref. You, you know, Trey, you and I have watched Larry Fitzgerald his whole career. What does he do? He gets the ball and he runs and he puts the ball on the spot to eliminate as much time as possible so to have any mistakes. And you see a lot of players around the league do that, right? I mean, every week we see it. Guys get up and they run, give it to the center real quick, right? You hurry up, find a center, give it to them. They practice that stuff. And then on top of that, if, if you're his teammate, Trey Turner, for you to literally throw me under the bus like that and be like, oh, it's basically my fault because I was trying to get the ball for you because it got knocked away. Well, guess what? I only tried to get the ball from you because you lost your mind and forgot where you were. And I have to go snap you back into reality and I, I do think when you watch the play I do think he did kind of lost sight of where he was for a second because you can tell like it kind of dawned on him real quick like oh man like I, I'm, I'm tripping like you know what I'm saying like there's no time whatever and, and that happens right in the heat of the moment I'm just saying after the game that's ridiculous and you said Trey he made some comments again I guess a couple of days afterwards too that's still the same so it's like if you're the the Steelers, and this isn't Chase, Chase Claypool's only occurrence, right? He's had the TikTok situation. He's had the whole yeah, um, with, a with fight the, at the club or something like that. Or the music. How about the music? Just a couple weeks ago. Oh yeah, with the music. Like, at, listen, yeah, he's just following the Juju Smith-Schuster, the um, Antonio Brown Steelers diva thing. And you know what? To be fair, I'm, I'm gonna say Antonio Brown had issues of a diva and stuff like that. But he never had anything like that on the field, and neither did Juju. Like, and then, and the second thing, at least with the Juju Smith Schuster thing, right? Like, a couple of these things are harmless. Like, I mean, the TikTok thing got kind of out of control, but it's not like that caused him to lose a football game. So it's no, not like you want to. It's not like you'd want to move him for that. It's like when you now you're doing things on the field. It's kind of like, all right, we may have to think about moving you. But if you're the Steelers, it's going to be tough to move a guy like that because he's got all the make us to be a star receiver, just physically talented. You know what I'm saying? And you don't want to see that guy be moved somewhere else. And then all of a sudden, unless you can get like a first or second round pick for that guy. I mean, that's the only chance you really can move a guy like that. Right. So, you know, that's going to be something that's going to be interesting to keep an eye on moving forward. But yeah, man, I mean, before we get out of here, obviously, you know, we never really touch on the NFC too much, but we kind of know what that's going to be. Right. I mean, I'm sure that goes without saying, but um and before we get out of here, I think it goes without, you know, mentioning, Che, we, we did have a couple of deaths um, in terms of some celebrities and things like that that we wanted to mention. So, obviously, first, we have Virgil. Everyone knows him. 
um, from from Off White and you know his work with Kanye West and, and designing and Louis Vuitton. Um, we didn't talk about Young Dolph too much. Uh, the rapper he just got shot and killed. Um, it looks like a, almost probably two weeks ago now. And then of course, yeah, the, probably about two weeks ago. Probably about two weeks ago, right? And then Demarius Thomas, the former great receiver with the Denver Broncos, just passed a couple of days ago. Um, after our last pod. So just wanted to open the floor just to, you know, give some sentiments to some thoughts, um, you know, that we were paying attention to as well. Yeah. You know, rest in peace to all of them. Um, obviously it's sad, you know, losing people. Um, again, you know, just can't take anything for granted, but, uh, don't really have too much more to say than rest in peace. Absolutely. And, and I just want to mention, I mean, for people that don't know, um, I wasn't a huge Virgil guy or whatever, but I, 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 as, I did recognize as, you know, people were talking about stories. I didn't realize the big impact he had had, Trey, on, you know, designers and, of course, like her black culture and stuff like that. So, you know, I like. Yeah, I wasn't a big. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big streetwear person or, you know, just fashion person in general. But again, like you said, uh, it did resonate after his death, you know, how much of an impact he had on a lot of people. Yep. And, and the same goes with Young Dolph. Obviously, I'm, I'm a Young Dolph fan. Listen to his music and stuff like that. And even his interview stuff he had to say and was a real businessman and businesslike. So. That, that one kind of stings for the community. I know they've had some, you know, beef in the Memphis area with, with stuff like that. So, you know, we've talked about that on the pod, you know, being careful with those type of things and, you know, how that stuff can escalate. And then the Demarius Thomas situation, that one kind of felt weird. It just kind of happened out of nowhere. And, you know, I, we remember him, Trey. I mean, growing up, I mean, he was a great receiver with the Broncos. Oh, of course. I mean, he was a killer. I mean, I, I, I don't know if he made the all-decade team, but, I mean, he, there's a, what, a four-, five-, six-year stretch where he's like, a top two or three receiver in the NFL, right? I mean, yeah, I think he had of, five Pro Bowls, if I'm not mistaken, something of that nature. Right, and we're and always going to remember that Broncos. I mean, they, I mean, him, Eric Decker, Welker, that offense with, with with Manning. I mean, it was just explosive, and he was the number one receiver in that too. And you know, then his career, you know, with the injuries and stuff like that. So, you know, I want to say rest in peace to all those guys. You know, we, you know, we grew up, you know, watching some of these guys, you know, admiring their work from afar. Um, all three of these guys in, in former fashion. Um, so, you know, let us know in the comments, RIP, let us know what you obviously felt about those guys and the impact they had on you as well. So, but without further ado, man, I mean, obviously Trey, it's been a great pod. Like always, I'm so excited to always get to do this. Can't wait till next week. We got some stuff coming up for everyone. Uh, it's gonna be probably our last episode before, before Christmas, I think if we're looking dates wise, oh no, we may get one more in, but we'll, we'll, we'll see what timing is. But, uh, thank you guys so much for joining us. Like I said, thank you for always come in and like and subscribe and we read all the comments uh we can't thank you enough we appreciate all the polls and everything all the feedback um and then i'll throw it to you trey and uh yeah again thank you guys i want to say that you know first and foremost but uh also again i know i say it every time but um if you have any suggestions or any ideas of how we could possibly make the pod better or just change things up you know feel free to let me and nolan know you know we're open to suggestions and um again just want to thank you guys for listening Thanks so much. Peace.